0: love God's word tonight, amen. Boy, there's some verses in there tonight, they're just special to me. They may not be special to you, but they're special to me because they've been reminders, places and things that God has done for me. Uh, Y'all know it, he had done all things well. I'll probably never look at that verse again, the same, for the rest of my life. I'm thankful for God's word tonight. We'll go ahead and get into it this evening. I don't have my notes. Uh, Miss Becky, can you run the office and get my notes, please? It's not that hard. You just go walk down there and get the baby. <laughs> my notes are right here, amen. Now, take your Bibles, turn to Ephesians chapter number 5 tonight. Thank you, Brother Jed, for, for being on there. And then he said, right until I get in the middle. I, mean, I ain't getting in the middle of that no more. <laughs> but take your Bibles, Ephesians chapter number five tonight. We've been talking about real relationships. And what just played out before, it, it felt weird because that's that's how we don't talk to each other like that. But that does play out in just about all, a majority of homes in America, whether they're Christian or not. That relationship, that, that conversation, that attitude, that, uh, it's about me, not about you mentality, right? We plays that all the time in homes all across America. And uh, most people are content with that. They think that's how it's supposed to be. And we'll see what's lacking, what's missing there, when that, that is the atmosphere and that's the, the attitude of the home. And uh, we wonder why we're losing our children. We wonder why they're running away from the faith, why they're running away from church, because mom and dad come to church and they act like everything's fine, everything's wonderful, and they go home and they talk to each other like that. He said, Preacher, ain't that big? it is a big deal. right? We think that, that homes are split over, up over big things, but really it's small things that are just as dangerous as the big things. But Ephesians chapter 5 tonight, look down at verse number 21. I do want to remind you that was staged, amen, that everything's fine, everything's wonderful, and we're grateful for each other tonight. <laughs> Matter of fact, go talk to Ms. Becky out of the search. She'll tell you how nervous she was. Right, just just to even do that, she said, "Are you sure this this will work? Are you sure it will it'll make an illustration?" I said, "It'll be fine. It'll be absolutely fine." And uh, we got ice cream, so we'll make up when we get home. Amen. And uh, but look down at verse number twenty-one. And you thought that was tense. These verses right here, for some reason, for some reason, cause more tension and cause more like you just sit in your seat and you just hope the preacher hurries up. And the reality is it's a wonderful secret to the marriage life. It's a wonderful secret to the relationship between a man and his wife and his wife and, his, and her husband. Look down at verse 12. Submitting yourselves one to another in the fear of God. Wives, submit yourselves unto your own husbands as unto the Lord. For the husband is the head of the wife, even as Christ is head of the church, and he's the savior of the body. Therefore, as the church is subject unto Christ, so let the wives be to their own husbands in everything. But nourish and cherisheth it, even as the Lord, the church. For we are members of his body, and of his flesh, and of his bones. For this cause shall a man leave his father and his mother, and shall be joined unto his wife, and they too shall be one flesh. This is a great mystery, but I speak concerning Christ and the church. Nevertheless, let every one of you in particular so love his wife, even as himself, and the wife see that she reverence, her husband. Let's pray. The Heavenly Father, Lord, we thank you again for tonight. And I ask you, Lord, that you'd help us this evening, Lord, to glean from your word tonight, Lord, things that aren't, they're not, Lord, that you didn't put them in here, Lord, to make us feel bad, Lord. You didn't put, us, put them in here, Lord, to beat us over the head with them. But rather, Lord, you gave us the truth. Lord, you gave us the, the knowledge to have a good marriage. Lord, your desire is for the man and the wife to love each other, Lord, to be one flesh, to have a union that even hell itself can't break us under. We ask you, Lord, tonight, Lord, you just help us to glean from the Word of God. I pray, Lord, you help me to, Lord, preach it with clarity. Preach it with, uh, Lord, humbleness in my heart, Lord. And as one who's not, Lord, I don't have it all perfected, Lord, but I sure have enjoyed, God, what you've taught me and Miss Becky and how to apply it in our marriage. And I pray, Lord, tonight, Lord, I'd speak as one who's just enjoying the goodness of God and the very blessings of God. We ask you, Lord, tonight that you'd help us from your Word tonight. Lord, we love you we thank you in Jesus' name we pray. Amen, and amen. Brother Ray sang that song and said that uh, someone sent it to him in the church, said, hey, you need to sing this. I told Brother Ray, that's one thing that's never happened to me. Nobody's ever once said, hey, preacher, preach this. <laughs> you know, send it to me. All right, preacher, preach this. You know, things, The same rules that apply to musicians don't apply to preachers. But there have been times where I've preached, and, and, and I've preached on a certain subject, and I thought I was clear about it. I thought my my my, uh, my 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 subject was clear, my theme was clear, I thought my points were clear. I thought, man, everybody's getting this. And then I go stand there and I, I talk to people after the service and then and some people come to me and say, preacher, man, that was a great sermon and here's what the Lord dealt with me about and it has nothing to do with my sermon, it has nothing to do with what I said. And they said, preacher, thank you so much for preaching, Lord, help me. I've got some victory over it now, and I'm ready to go, I'm ready to serve the Lord. Well, preacher, what do you do? Do you stop and correct them and say, ah, oh, that's not what I preached about. You missed the point. You, you completely missed it. No, here's what I normally, uh, I don't necessarily say it, but I think, well, if the shoe fits, wear it. Right, if that's what the Lord helped you with, then go with it. And what we're gonna see tonight in Ephesians chapter number five, Paul is, is he's actually trying to explain the relationship between Christ and His church and the church in Christ. But in doing so, He gives us wonderful marital, marital truth tonight that, that isn't just a, 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 a byproduct, but rather it is the secret to a good marriage, right? It is a, it is a recipe for a good marriage. I don't want to call it a secret because it's plain as day in the Word of God. He, He wrote it out for us. He's not in heaven saying, you want, it? you want it? You got to come find it. Hide and seek. Peekaboo, you can't find me. But he's laid it out for us in the word of God. And so it is not uh, us just not reading it, but then understanding it and practicing it in our life. And we see this because in verse number 32, here's what Paul said. This is a great mystery. He said, but I speak concerning Christ and the church. That's what Paul said. I'm talking about Christ and the church. And you go down to verse number 33. What's the next thing? Nevertheless. In essence, here's what Paul's saying in good Hespa language. If the shoe fits, apply it. Practice it. It's good to take part of that and have that in your marriage. Nevertheless, let every one of you in particular so love his wife, even as his, as himself, and the wife see that she reverence her husband. And so we're gonna see tonight some liberating truths, right? Truths that you and I, uh, if we practice and we believe and we obey and we follow, will bring a great, great liberation to your marriage, right? It'll It'll help deal with those scenarios that we played out in front of you tonight to keep those things from happening. You say, well, preacher, every marriage has problems, and it does, but every problem, according to the word of God, has a solution. Right, and So we need to look at this tonight and, and, and look at some truths. Right? I'm not talking opinions. I'm not talking about what I, what I read in a self-help book. I'm talking about truths from the word of God. And they're going to deal with words tonight for some odd reason. When you mention them and you say them, it's just like something happens to us. Like, oh, this, this preacher don't know what he's talking about. This and all this kind of stuff tonight. But really when we say, all right, this is not just the preacher talking to me. This is God's word and God gave it to me because he wants me to have a good relationship between me and my spouse. Notice number one, we see the truth about submission. The truth about submission. Now, listen, I'm independent fundamental Baptist. I've probably been in some of the same services you've been in. I've probably heard some of the same things preachers, you've heard preachers say, right? And a lot of times, right, they like to jump down to verse number 22, right? And they they, say, wives, submit to your, you know what America needs, right? They just lay it out that way. They just blast and beat up and beat down and, and when you're you're all said and done, you sit and say, Well, I mean, I don't know if I want a piece of that. I don't know if I want a part of that. And it's what's interesting to me is, you know, and I've heard it said and, and all these things, but they skip over verse number twenty-one. Right? And so what we have to realize tonight, when Paul is writing this to the church in Ephesus, right? He's he's writing to explain their relationship to Christ. And he what he's saying is and in reality is if it's good for the church. Right? If it's good for how the church functions, how the church lives, how the church maintains, and how the church serves, if it's good for the church, that same truth can be applied within the home. Just like it is tonight, right? We would come in here, we would have no problems tonight understanding that as a believer, I am to submit myself or to be in submission to Christ. Right? That makes absolutely perfect sense. Uh, one man, his definition of submission goes like this, right? We often think submission, you know, I think UFC, WWE, somebody's got an ankle hold, somebody's got somebody yoked up in a chokehold, and they're trying to get them to submit. That's not the biblical picture of submission, but rather submission is allowing oneself to be under the mission of somebody else. And you think that makes perfect sense in the church, right? Because who's the head of the body? Who's the head of the church? Christ is the head of the church, And so we have no problem putting ourselves under the mission of Christ, therefore allowing the Lord to be exactly who he is in our life and allowing him to reign and to rule and to guide our church. You think about this, we have no problem as a church putting ourselves under the authority of God's word. Right, you've ever heard this saying, if you know the Baptist principles, the acrostic Baptist, you might have came around this saying where it says, in all matters of, of, of faith, in all matters of governing, where, in, the Bible is the final authority of all matters of faith and practice. What does that mean, preacher? When it comes to our church, when it comes to the church tonight, this is our authority. It is not a state power, it is not a government, it is not a club, it is not a hierarchy, it is not a a, a confederation, it is not a convention, right? We answer to the Lord. And we have no problem putting ourselves under that submission, right? We are submitting ourselves to God. And Paul is saying if it works for the church, then it works in the home. If, If we are okay with it in the church, then we should be okay with it at home. And then Paul outlines some things. And in essence tonight, we, we often like to say, all right, the women are the only ones who are supposed to submit. I that the man's supposed to submit. He, who? To the Lord. Right? He's to guide and to lead us home tonight. But we see the truth about submission It's pictured in the church. And here's the thing tonight. We have no problem putting ourselves under the authority. But the last time I checked, nobody's forcing me to. Right? Nobody come to my office and said, preacher. Are you guys holding to all matters of faith and practice according to the word of God? If not, I'm going to take you out back and I'm going to beat you. Right? I'm not being forced to believe the Bible. I've just lived and experienced enough to know that thing's true. Right? It, it's prevailed too much of my life. Listen, you don't have to believe it, but I'm going to. Right? And, and, and those things that I, if it's okay in here, if I believe it here, right, if I can stand behind a pulpit and preach it. And say, I believe every word of it here, then I should have no problem practicing it in my home. And so we see this idea, the the truth about uh, submission is the same principle in the home. And so we see the illustration of the church submitting to Christ. Here Paul says, just as the church submits to Christ and follows the mission of Christ, he said, when it comes to the home, God has ordained the man to be the head of the home. He has put that man in that position. And listen, listen, just calm down, lady. We're going to deal with the men tonight, amen? Right, because I think if, will, and I'll tell you why tonight, because you can't have a good marriage unless both parties are doing what God has called them to do. Right, and you might have good moments and good times. And even, you know, Paul even talks about this in other portions of Scripture. When you play your part, even if your spouse is unbelieving, that has a big impact on them. Very well could lead them to salvation. And so we see here tonight that the the same principle ought to be played in the home. In essence, the wife is to submit to the husband, to be under the mission of the husband. Now, here's the thing, ladies. You don't have to, right? Nobody's going to force you to, but you're saying, preacher, I want a good marriage, and I want want to have a wonderful marriage, and I want to have the marriage that God designed for me, and you're going to have to play your part. You're going to be faithful to the part that God has placed you in. And God has called you to. This submission, here's the thing tonight, this submission isn't based on performance, but it's based on position. Well, what do you mean by that, preacher? Well, let me ask you, why do we worship the Lord? Well, you could say we worship him based on performance. How many glad he died on Calvary? Uh, how many glad he rose again? I'm glad for that. But the reality is if he never did that, he's still worthy of our worship. Why? Because of his position. Now, I'm not saying your husband is God, right? Right? even between us playing around. My wife knows I'm not perfect, right? And and I I constantly remind her of that, amen? It it doesn't last more than a day. But in the same sense, submission isn't based on performance, but rather on position. Preacher, why should I submit to my husband? Why should I get on board with my husband? Why should I, I go along with him? Why should I support him? Because of the position that he has in the home. Right, and we'll get into all that, all that tonight. And, and, and uh, before we get into submission, really, I'm going to tell you what submission is not. Right, submission is not forced silence. What I'm saying tonight is, as you fellas, in essence, you think, well, my wife would just be quiet, then that's submission. No, she has all right to ask you questions. She has all right to wonder and, and to bring up uh, 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 concerns if she sees Matter of fact, a wise husband would listen to those questions. A wise husband would listen to those concerns. In essence, tonight, you got to realize, as a believer, right, uh, because we know God is almighty and God is all-knowing and he's, he's sovereign, right, well, he, he doesn't owe us an explanation. But how many times have you had questions and God said, i got a reminder for you. And he took you to his word and he reminded you of a truth that you should have already known. And so if the Lord's allowing you and I to ask him questions, Right, people say you ought never ask God questions. Well, you might want to go read your Bible. There was men in there that were following. Moses, the great leader of Israel, had questions. David had questions. Right, you go down through the line, those, they all had questions. Tonight. And so submission is not your wife being quiet, not questioning, not asking, not having any concerns. Just, it's not for silence, right? Nor is it an excuse for abuse. Nor is it an excuse for abuse. Preacher, I can't stop that. Or I, I have to allow this kind of behavior to be done to I'm talking about physical abuse, amen. Preacher, what would you do? What would you counsel somebody if they came to you and said, I'm in a physically abusive relationship? You need to split apart. You need to get somewhere safe. Right, until you can get those things worked out thoroughly. Not just to say, I'm sorry, but you sit down and you 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 get a plan of action of how to keep this from happening again. Right, so submission is not an excuse for abuse. It is not a, 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 a God-given authority to men to to rule with an iron fist. Matter of fact, if there's there's something that bothers me more than anything. It's when a man lays his hand on a woman. Well, right, I I know I'm not supposed to be quick to fight and brawl. As that's one of my qualifications as a pastor. But man, when I find that stuff out, boy, my my flesh, that redneck side of me that just wants a cabin over in glory, is ready to fight somebody. Right, that's not an excuse for abuse, nor is submission free slave labor. It's not free slave labor. I've worked all day, y'all just need to come home and take care of me because that goes against what we've already read in verse number 21. We're to submit one to another, right? That's are to serve one another. We are to care one for another, right? How, preacher, how do I live the Christian life to the best of my ability? Get rid of the word I. It's not about you. It's not about me tonight. So submission is not free labor or free slave labor. I, I, I'm doing this because I, I, I want to, right? In essence, I, as a lady, when it comes time in, in, in the marriage relationship, right, I often think about Mary and Martha, right? She's in the, Martha was in the kitchen serving and she was she was preparing and getting things ready because the Lord had come over for lunch, right? And I, I could see That she was doing a good thing. She was doing even probably the right thing. She just wasn't doing it the right way. Right, so sometimes you've probably met some ladies who, who will say this or this is their heart. Listen, I'm going to submit, but I really don't want to. Right, I'm going to submit and I'm going to let them know that I am absolutely miserable while I do it. Right, the Christian life is a heart life. Right, if the heart's not right, all that other stuff doesn't matter. Right, that's why Paul said in 1 in, in Corinthians, he talks about charity. If I have not charity, I'm nothing more than a, a tinkling brass and a something symbol tonight. Uh, I can't think of the word, but he said, it, it's pointless tonight. And the same is true when it comes to being a, a wife and, and understanding the reality of submission, right? You might be submissive, but if your heart is not submitted, it really doesn't matter. It's not going to get the right product, right? Because, well, why not, preacher? Because that's where bitterness comes in, envy, jealousy. Boy, I wish I could do that. But, you know, I'm just, I got to go be submissive, right? Really? Really, is that, is that the heart we want to have about this? And so what is submission is not free slave labor. And then notice this in verse number 22, verse number 24. The, the specific focus of submission. Well, who is the wife supposed to submit to? And, and I, I think about this, right? And I would think, well, you know, it, it seems pretty self-explanatory. Look down at verse number 22. Therefore, as the church is subject unto Christ, so let the wives be unto their own husbands in everything. Pretty self-explanatory. Once again, when you want to go back to the illustration of the church. How many of y'all would hang out here if we opened up the service and we say, you know, we're going to do things a little bit different. Instead of asking God for blessings and help and touch tonight, we are going to pray to Mother Earth. You'd say, uh, no, preacher, that ain't my God. Instead of, instead of uh, opening up the Bible tonight, we're going to do something interesting. We're going to preach from the Quran for a little bit. You'd say, preacher, that ain't God's word. Right, and you would say, I'm not hanging, I would hope you'd say, I'm not hanging out here. I, I'm not, some of would probably say, is preacher staging something else? What's he doing now? What's, what's he got up his sleeve? But no, in essence, we know if, if we came to church and God was not being glorified and honored, we'd say this isn't right. right. Because we only have one God. We only have one true God tonight. It is the God of heaven this evening. And so that truth applies in the church That same truth is pictured in the whole. that's why Paul said that wives are to submit to their own husbands. Then it goes on to say right there in verse number 24 again, it says, therefore, as the church is subject unto Christ, so let the wives be unto their own husbands and everything. Verse number 22, wives, submit yourselves unto your own husbands as unto the Lord. All right, preacher, I get it. No, no, I've got to try my best to clarify this tonight. Preacher, I know who my husband, I'm not questioning that tonight. Right. You've got the certificate, you've got the ring, right? you've got the last name. I understand that tonight. But when it says submitting to your own husband, Paul and the Lord is not talking about the husband you wish you had. He's not talking about the husband that you are waiting to, to, to transform into. You're waiting to all of a sudden change. He's talking about the husband that you're living with. He's talking about the husband that is now in your home. The husband that has problems. The husband who isn't perfect the husband who forgets to pick up his clothes, the husband who, who has the same flesh and the same sin nature that you and I have tonight. Paul is saying submit to him. Get underneath his submission. Follow his leadership. Right, Be in that submissive sense and submitting. Are you willing to follow the biblical example of submission? Right? It is not slave labor, but rather it is getting underneath and supporting your husband in the endeavors Whatever he's pursuing in life, and whatever he's desiring to do in that sense, and, and once again, that this we're going to see tonight that the wife's responsibility, the role tonight is to to be sub the, be in submission to the husband, to be in that proper order tonight. And it's not put. I'm not putting women down tonight. Right? I'm not saying you're less than. No, no. When you really look at this, it, it is it is far greater than because you don't understand. Being an independent Baptist, we're called chauvinists. We're called pigs. And there's some men who probably fit that moniker. Right? But my heart's desire is I don't go home and, and rule with an iron fist. I don't go home and put my wife into place. I don't go home and, and, and do those things because I found it don't work. It don't work at all. Just like she can't change you, you can't change her. Right? It takes the Lord doing that work. And so we're seeing now that submission is a good, it's a good thing tonight when it's done biblically. Are you willing to follow the biblical example of submission so you can have the marriage that God desired you to have? Right? are you or when you practice submission how's your heart in the matter right when you when you pose the question and, and you 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 raise your concerns and he listens to you but he doesn't do exactly what you say how's your heart in the matter right because that's where it, it goes back down to it goes back down to the heart tonight and what we find out is and I I learned this on the job site right I learned this working for uh and different things that when you are uh, in essence, you're not the head. You're not the one solely responsible for everything. There is a great liberty that comes with that. Because as long as you do what you're told in that sense, as long as you follow the instructions, you obey the commands, especially according to the word of God, now that, that responsibility, I've done what the Lord told me to do. Right? I, I, have, I have filled my role. I've played my part. I have been the what God has asked me to be. Now, all of a sudden, that responsibility is taken off of you. And it's put on, onto the head or the, the leader in that sense. It's like in the cabinet shop when I'd build something. And they'd come back and they'd say, Tate, you built this wrong. I said, go give me the blueprints. We'd pull up the blueprints and my, my, what I built would be exactly to what the blueprints were. And they said, well, it, it, something happened here. And when I pulled out the blueprints and I said, I did exactly everything you told me to do and I built exactly how you t- you'd sent this down to be built, all of a sudden, I was freed from the accountability in that sense. And those who gave me the blue clearance were now in trouble. Right? That was their responsibility. And the same is true when it comes into the marriage. Here's the thing. You ought not to approach this with the attitude of, well, I'm going to do this, and I hope my husband gets the brunt of it. Right? But rather, when you express those concerns, no doubt, you say, all right. Honey, I've expressed my concerns, I've I've raised my questions, and I may not fully understand everything, and there may be a, a breakup in the explanation, but I'm willing to trust you. I'm willing to get underneath and go with your mission, even though I don't fully understand it. And God says when when that happens, right, that, that produces something within the home that you can't find anywhere else, right? You can't find it in the world's example. The world doesn't have an example to follow. Right? God d- designed Marriage, you go to the world looking for marriage, ain't no telling what you're going to find. You're going to find men marrying men, women marrying women, men trying to marry animals. It's crazy the world we live in. But we see tonight that God designed it this way for this, this thing to function this way. And so you have to ask yourselves, when you submit, how is your heart in the matter? Do you do it as one believing and trusting God's word and taking God and saying, Lord, you told me this is, what, this is the role you gave me, Lord, and I want to play it to the best of my ability. Then notice number two tonight, the truth about love. The truth about love tonight. Go down to verse number 25. See, I've heard a lot of preaching on verse number 22. I've heard it hammered, blistered, plastered to the back walls. But then you can kind of just forget about verse number 25 in the rest of the chapter. And here's why. Most men have this completely figured out already. (laughs) I'm just kidding. Most men have no idea right and it's something you learn in the christian life but here's the thing. if you think the submission and here's the thing we like to compete who's got the hardest part oh preacher you've ever had to submit to a crazy husband <laughs> right that's terrible preacher you ever you ever tried to love your oh preacher that's simple well that's the thing he didn't just say love your wife Right, because if that was general, that was easy, and that was all that was said, that would be simple. But then he adds the moniker to it, as Christ has loved the church and gave himself for it. Well, that's a whole other level of love. That's beyond roses on Valentine's Day and a couple of chocolate bars every now and again. That is, that is deep, deep love. I mean, he, he says, all right, fellas, husbands, love your wives, just like. Christ love the church. We're in church again tonight. How many could raise your hand tonight and say, I know the Lord loves me. I know he does. He's expressed it openly and, and freely and wonderfully in my life, preacher. I have no doubt believing that God has loved me. And so let me ask you, if that example is evident in the church tonight, is it evident in your home? Is that evident to your children? This is how my dad loves my mom this is how my this is how the husband is to love the wife but then he uh but it isn't put down uh it isn't a put down right it's not a, it's not saying well you'll never be able to do this but rather it's an encouragement right he said you know you, you sit back tonight and say well i ain't doing that I, i'm not there yet and, and we all have things to learn but it's not like well i'll never be able to do that so i'm just gonna quit but rather, I'll say I'm going to give it everything I have to have that same kind of love. We know is here tonight, evident in my home. And how? How, preacher, how do we know it's possible? Because we've experienced it. Behold, what manner of love the Father has bestowed upon us that we should be called the sons of God. So let me ask you now: Do you love your wife? Maybe. <laughs> Maybe quietly. <laughs> uh, I don't know, preacher. <laughs> I don't know what to think now. I don't know if I'm going to walk into another trap. <laughs> But do you, fellas, do you love your wife? Amen. Amen, yes. Thank you. Thank you. We was fixing to shift gears real fast. But all right, you love your wife. How'd you show it this week? Uh, you know, preacher, it was Valentine's Day. I thought about getting her something. <laughs> Let me ask you. Well, preacher, I mean, I do, but... I don't know about showing it. I don't know about expressing it. Well, that's the thing. Love's an action, right? It is not just something you feel inside your tummy, but really it's an action, right? When Jesus died on the cross of Calvary, right? He didn't just say, I loved you. He said, let me show you how much I love you. There was an action tied to that emotion. There's an action tied to that feeling uh, tonight. and It ought to be the same in your marriage, man. Don't just say, you know what? I think she knows that I love her. Man, she, I, I've been here long enough. She ought to get the hint. No, learn to express it, right? And here's, here's some ways that you can, you can judge your love. You can look and say, all right, is this evident in my life? Your love will be sacrificial. Go down to verse number 25. Husbands, love your wives, even as Christ loved the church and gave himself for it. Let me ask you, how much of Christ did he give? How much did Christ give of himself? All of it. Let me ask you this week, men. Preacher, I need you to go back to them wives and submitting. Let me ask you tonight. Did you give all of yourself to your wife this week? All of yourself. Man, that's tough, isn't it? If you're going to be honest, that's a tough question. That's hard. He gave himself, all of himself to the church. And now listen, we'll sing songs about it. We'll sing songs that steal the blood. We'll shout about it. We'll rejoice over the fact that Jesus gave himself. And gave all of himself to us. And then he said, that's supposed to be seen in your home. That ought to be observed from your children. Boy, I tell you what, mama and daddy love each other. Boy, daddy's always, always helping out. Daddy's always loving on mama. Your your love will be sacrificial. Preacher, I went to work. uh, And I, I worked hard on it. That's great. That's wonderful. I'd encourage that. The Bible teaches that you're to provide. They he said, give all of yourself. Give all of yourself. <laughs> See, men and women are di- built different, right? I, I could go for two weeks, not talk to nobody and be fine. Right? And, and not have a conversation with anybody. I, matter of fact, one time I was in the cabinet shop. Somebody got sick. So they sent me back down to another spot. And they said, hey, you'll be the only one down here all week. I was actually excited. <laughs> I was like, yes. Right, I'm worried about nobody coming in here, want to talk to me. I can just do my work and go home. Right? And, and Miss Becky, I mean, she's, she don't just talk, 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 talk. But that's how, that's how she works through things. And sometimes I, I've, had, I've had to learn that I just need to sit and listen. And I've even had to learn, too, not just sit and listen, but also respond. And help her talk, to these, help her talk through these things, right? And we think, man, I, I, I've sweated all day. I've given enough. But that's not all that she needs. She doesn't just need food on the table. She doesn't just need clothes in her closet. She needs somebody to talk to. You've got to sacrifice to do that sometimes. Your love will be sacrificial, your love will be spiritual. Look down at verse number twenty six. That he might sanctify and cleanse it with the washing of the word by the word, or washing of the water by the word, that he might present it to himself a glorious church, not having spot or wrinkle or any such thing, but that it should be holy and without blemish. Once again, we'd come into church and say, thank God for his word. Boy, it's changed me, it's cleansed me, it's grown me, it's helped me. It is evident that the Lord has taken his word and applied it, and it's how he talks to us, it's how he speaks to us, it's through his word tonight, and we're wonderful, and it's wonderful, we're grateful, and we ought to shout and hang off the chandeliers about that. Paul said, where's that at in your home? Where's that at when it comes, where's the husband at? And here's the thing tonight, men. We, we know that our wife has weaknesses, right? We, we know that our wife has, has, has different issues and different things that, 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 that are just, you know, they're not just physical things, they're spiritual needs there. And Paul said, when's the last time you took the word of God and sat down with your wife and said, let's work through this thing together? When's the last time outside of dinner, you grabbed your wife by the hand and said, let's pray real quick? When's the last time you came to church you didn't just sit together, but you worshiped together? Right? Your love is to be spiritual. Right? We oftentimes, and I don't know how this changed in America, but it, it, it's become where the, 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 the wife is now the, not, I won't say the spiritual authority, but she's the spiritual cheerleader. Come on, y'all, let's get up, let's go to church let's get ready, come on y'all, let's go, let's go, let's go. And uh, There's the dad, I mean, he's going, he's got the van cranked up, he's ready to go, but he's also the first one out the door and he's just and he just goes through the motions because he knows that's what what his life, wife likes. Well, it ought to be the other way around. It ought to be the, the husband saying, all right, come on y'all, let's get ready to go. It's church time, amen. If you got to, turn some music on at the house, turn some preaching on, go to church before you come to church. Right, but you're, that's a great way to experience express love. It's spiritual. Did you pray with your wife this week? Did you ask what they got out of the service? Are you aware of her weaknesses, and are you willing to help her from the Word of God? That's what he said right there to cleanse it. That it wouldn't be that it would be spotless without blemish or wrinkle. But also, not only is it spiritual, not only is it sacrificial, but your love will be practical. It'll be practical. Look at verse number twenty-eight. So ought men to love their wives as their own bodies. He that loveth his wife loveth. You know somebody who loves their own body? A man. Go to the gym. Go to the gym. That joker had been there for 10 minutes. Lifted two five-pound d- dumbbells three times. Be in the mirror. Oh, yeah. Look at me. Well, that's how men are. That's how men are. I'm, I'm like that. <laughs> Do two push-ups, and I think, boy, I'm fixing to have guns. Hey, man, <laughs> I, 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 I'm, I'm 100% men. A man, I will go and kick a tire on something. Say, would you look at that? Well, that's something, that's something special, isn't it? <laughs> I can't tell you how many times Becky you just had me out in the yard. Hey, what are you doing? I'm just out there staring. <laughs> what are you doing? I'm thinking about things I could build out here. Right. And, and, and that's, but men, they, they, they love their bodies. They love themselves, right? And, and that's, it's, that's how God designed it to be. But he said that same love that you have for you, that same expectation, right? That same excitement when you curl the bar twice. And you're like, oh yeah, this is fixing to happen. He says it's the same attitude that I have towards your wife. The same way you love yourself is the same way you ought to love your wife. But well, when's the last time you just stepped back and practically speaking, right? You, the word goes on to say, verse number 29, for no man ever yet hateth his own flesh, but nourisheth it, right? Takes care of it, builds it up, encourages it, strengthens it, right? Does what is necessary to achieve the goal that he desires. Right, here it is, Paul was telling Telling the, he's trying to explain the church to me, but he's giving us great marital advice. And he said the same way the Lord builds you up and, and nurses you and gives you what you need, he said that's the husband's role when it comes to the wife. To build her up, to strengthen her, to, to, to love her in a practical sense. Let me ask you, when's the last time you asked her, hey, what, what can I do to help you out? What, what, what can I take care of for you? you know, did you provide for There's that practical sense. Honey, I love you. I'm willing to go to that job and, and work with them crazy people, so you, you can have things that you desire and you like. And and honey, I'm not going necessarily because I have to, but I'm going because I want to provide for you. I want you to have. I want to have, have a, a wonderful life together. I know love's not things, right? But it does help to buy her things every now and again. Now your things may be different from my things, right? That's where it comes to understanding who your wife is and knowing what she likes. And so we see that your, your love will be practical. then also this, your love will be affectionate. Verse number 29 uses the word cherish. And cherisheth it even as the Lord, the church. That word cherish literally means to show affection. Right, that, that debunks and throws out the window. Well, preacher, she just knows that I love her. And she might, right, she might, she might have to go back to the wedding day for reassurance. But when you take the time and say, honey, I love you. I'd encourage you just to find the most random time. 2.33 in the afternoon. Wherever you are, stop what you're doing. Call your spouse and say, hey, I just want to let you know I love you. Oh, yeah? Yeah, I do. I just love you. What do you really want? No, I just want to let you know that I love you. Right? Do it genuinely. Now, don't call it 2.33 tomorrow and say, you know what preacher said? (laughs) Try to show my affection. Still mad about how he talked to Miss Becky. <laughs> <laughs> Did you hold her hand this week? Now, if you're married, that is a okay. If you're not, you need to pray about that. Just walk up beside her and grab her hand. Right? I ain't going to go in that. We got young ears in here. But marriage is far more than just that. Everything you do does not have to lead to that. Sometimes you can just show affection. Hold her hand. Sit next to her on purpose. Right? Make all the kids sit on the other side of the table. So I'm sitting next to mama tonight. Why? Because I love her. Right? That affectionate, that, that on purpose. And then verse number 29, your love should be a priority. Verse number 29, for no man ever yet hateth his own flesh, but nourisheth and the church, that even I as the Lord, the church. I have yet to find a man outside of spiritually fasting to ever turn down a meal. You know, I'm, I'm that way. If you show up and if I'm hungry, I'm going to take what you're offering me. Right? Because I don't want to die of starvation. There's a lot of ways I want to go, but that ain't the way. And so I try my best at least three times a day to keep that from happening. Right, but I, I, if I'm thirsty, I'm going to get something to drink. If I'm hungry, I'm going to get something to eat. If I'm tired, I'm going to take a nap. If I'm cold, I'm going to put on a jacket. If I'm hot, I'm going to uh, put on a t-shirt. You know, I'm going I'm to take care. I'm going to nourish myself. It's a priority. I got to take care of myself. I don't, I don't want myself just to just to give out and, and go away. And here, Paul said that ought to be how it is in the house between the man and the wife. The man ought to love his love for his wife ought to be a priority. She ought to know you love her way more than anything else. Outside of the Lord, she ought to know you love her more than anything else. Anything else you like, more than your job, more than your career, more than your bonuses, more, more than all that. More than your children, more than your, your friends and all that wonderful stuff. Boy, I remember being in high school, I thought, man, I'm never, I'm never going to forget none of my friends. We're going to be friends for life. You know how many of them I invited to my wedding? I got married when I was 19. You know how many of them I invited to my wedding? Zero. You know, how many I talked to this week? Zero. <laughs> you know I talked to in the last five years, zero. <laughs> but you know who I look forward to spending time with every day? My wife. My wife. Even when she didn't get my notes off the desk, I'm just picking a night. The truth about love. The truth about submission. Preacher, why are these truths essential? Because with submission and with love being activated and portrayed and practiced within the home, it allows you to accomplish verse number 31. For this cause shall a man leave his father and his mother and shall be joined unto his wife. And they too shall be one flesh. See, we think, we understand that we have the ceremony, right? And, And somebody, two people get married and it's wonderful and it's great. And at that moment, they become one. But then they spend the rest of their life figuring out exactly what does that mean? What does that look like? How is that portrayed and practiced in my life? And this is where submission from the wife and love from the husband comes in because when both roles are played and, and, and portrayed and practiced in the way God designed it to be, you'll understand and you'll grow closer and closer and closer to each other. And therefore you'll understand what it really means to be one flesh. See, when a woman feels loved, when a man feels reverenced, They'll become closer to each other. They'll care and they'll understand all this. Both submission and love are essential to experience in the reality of closeness. Pulling apart, you know, in essence, you know, you got married, right, you are one flesh. And think about it this way, right? If you were to take my body or take my skin this, this, this evening and somebody grabbed this part and pulled it this way and somebody grabbed this part and pulled it that way, I would not enjoy that. That would not be a pleasant experience, Right? But when when it's allowed to do what it's supposed to do, I mean, it doesn't bother me. I enjoy it. And are there, let me ask you tonight, and we'll be done. Are there any areas, obvious areas within your marriage that are attacking your closeness? Your closeness one towards another? Or are you just content with being two separate people just simply living in the same house together? Or are you willing to be what God designed it to be? Preacher, I want what God designed it to be. It's going to take submission. It's going to take love. Are there any obvious things that are attacking your closeness? Are you willing to pray together? Are you willing to search the scriptures together? To worship together? To learn together? And to find ways to increase your closeness instead of being content with things that are pulling you apart tonight? Let's pray. to Heavenly Father, Lord, we thank you again for this evening. Thank you, Lord, for